podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined today by by somebody who I just realized how it's been way too long since we last spoke. It's been two full freaking years uh, and 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 one whole different job. So Christian Winfield of, <laughs> of the New York Daily News is, is here to join me. He got an up close view of D'Angelo Russell. That's been the, the big topic out here. Chris, hi, Chris, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, uh, A, it's bright and sunny in New York. You know, we're, we're used to cold weather, rainy days, and, and rats running around the street most of the time. So to have some sunlight and some good weather out here, it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's time, basically. It's a good time to be alive. Anytime the sun is out, uh, I, I kind of feel like it's it's fool's gold. Well, I guess you're you're more of a Brooklyn guy, so it's it's a good time for the yeah. sun to be out there for yeah, for, you guys for have the sun fans. out all year long. I feel like y'all y'all are y'all are used to the sun out that way. <laughs> we, we we get it about once every other business week or so. So to have it for an extended period of time is pretty nice. Uh, all right, I, I I can't lie. That's that's the case. I see a cloud up there, and I just <laughs> what the hell is that? That's not that's not all right. Um, Today, though, like I said, we're going to talk about D'Angelo Russell. He, according to Woj, uh, is is interested in in going back to the Lakers. The Lakers have interest. Woj went so far as to say that the Lakers are rooting for Kyrie Irving to go to Brooklyn so that uh, Brooklyn might renounce Russell and make him an out-and-out free agent. So it's a, it's a fascinating storyline and one that, you know, you and I were, were, were getting ready to talk about it off the air. But it's it's kind of on one hand you say yeah he grew he he became an all star last year he helped them reach the playoffs last year um, he was saying all the right things over the course of the year but you had a firsthand view uh, of what was going on there so so I guess let's just start there did you see legitimate growth there or or was it more a matter of the circumstances growing around Russell. Well, I mean, first first and foremost, you know, if, if there's ever a, a case to be made that the NBA should implement a rental system like like in hockey, I mean, not in hockey, like in soccer overseas uh-huh. where you can, uh-huh. you can lend a player, you can lend a team a player for however many times. I don't know. I'm not a soccer guy. I just heard that you can do that yep, it's over a, there. The, the loan apparently. system they have out there, yeah. Whatever the terminology is, uh, this is a case where, you know, the, the Nets essentially – rented D'Angelo Russell or it's possible the Nets could have rented D'Angelo Russell for two seasons, molded him into an all-star and then send him back to, to the Lakers as a, as a closer to finished product than he was when he left. Um, you know, Russell D'Angelo is, I mean, there's, there's a contingent of, of Nets fans who, who really love him, who, who have seen the growth that you're speaking to have seen him develop as a player, um, as a person, even as as a leader, almost you know, as the leader that that uh, that Magic Johnson said he he wasn't, yeah, um, you know, and and there is some there is some truth to that. Um, he's obviously grown as as a playmaker. Um, I think I've seen his his biggest growth in you know I guess in the in the sense of team basketball when deciding whether to keep the ball for himself in in an isolation or call a pick and roll or actually try to initiate some type of offense, move the ball around, get other guys some touches cuz you know touches once when someone touches the ball they they want to move around, they want to be more active and when guys don't touch the ball it gets ugly. Um I think that hmm, we we saw him become an all-star but obviously the all-star is an asterisk because he replaced uh Victor Oladipo. Um D'Angelo Russell obviously he's he's talented. Um he does a lot of good things on the offensive side of the ball, defense 
Um, I won't say it's optional because he tries, but it's just a player that he is. He's, he's not the, the quickest guy. Lateral quickness is not one of his, his strengths. So it, it's tough for him to stay in front of some of the more explosive guards. And it's also tough for him to get around some of the, the stickier defenders, which is why he ends up settling for a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see him get to the foul line very much. You don't see him get to the rack very much. Um, all that aside, he's turned what he has into, turned it into an all-star campaign last year. Um, what type of player are the Lakers going to get? When I watch D'Angelo Russell, it kind of reminds me a little bit of James Harden. You see a guy who who tries to be deceptive sometimes to a fault. You know, he's trying to draw fouls, but he doesn't. He's not a superstar yet, so he's not going to get the superstar whistle. Um, he, he's settling for for a lot of step back shots. He's trying to trying to be a very very crafty. Um, and I guess if you're if you're you're making a James Harden comparison, I guess you know that's that's a good thing, you're right? Because you, if yeah. you think Angelo Russell a couple of years ago, after what he's gone, after what he had been in the middle of, um, James Harden was probably the last thing you would have compared him to. But that's the kind of player I, I see him as right now. Obviously, on a lower scale, um, I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, on the Lakers just because of, of he, he has the ability to explode on offense at any given moment. If he hits one, he could hit five uh, back to back to back. He has that type of offensive. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Firepower. Yeah. He, 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 he can just explode at, at any moment. And um, I think that's the type of guy that we've seen him turn into in Brooklyn. Um, that's not to say it wasn't there all along, but in Brooklyn, when you're playing for a guy like Kenny, who allows you to just say, he's like, hey, do what you do, play in your game. Just make sure you're you're trying to get other people involved, move the ball around. Um, that's the type of, of player that they've turned him into in Brooklyn. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, you asked me one question, and I kind of went off on <laughs> but, uh, He definitely has grown uh, just as as a leader, as a voice, just in in his in himself, um, as a basketball player, obviously, um, he is a hundred percent not the player he was when he left uh, Los Angeles. I can tell you that for sure. It's it's been fun to to watch from afar uh, where how he's grown. Um, the one question that that some Laker fans out here are wondering is, well, if he's grown so much, then how why why are are Brooklyn ready to move on from him? There's a pretty simple answer to that. We're gonna take a quick second. When we come back we'll answer that and, and we'll see where else this conversation goes. So the, the the fact of the matter here is not only would Brooklyn stand to gain Kyrie Irving should they renounce uh, D'Angelo Russell, but but also potentially Kevin Durant, right? And so while D'Angelo Russell has made all these strides and uh, personally and 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 off the court and on the court and all these things, you don't pass up on an opportunity to land not just Kyrie Irving, but also. Kyrie Irving is the first domino uh, that you hope that falls that leads you to to also land in Kevin Durant. Is it, it? It it pretty much just comes down to that from where I'm sitting. But it, is there anything else that might be at work there out there in Brooklyn? Uh, I mean, when you look at the season Kyrie had last year, man, I'm. I think I think it it works the reverse way. I think then and I, I don't know. I don't have like sources inside the the Nets organization. Maybe that'll change at a certain point in my career. But as of right now, I don't. Um, if if I'm thinking the way I think the Nets are thinking, 
you want to get Kevin Durant to commit first, right? You don't yeah. want Kyrie to commit and then have Kevin Durant pull out at the last second. And now yeah. not to say you're stuck with Kyrie Irving, because anytime you have an all-star of Kyrie Irving's caliber on your team, it gives you a chance. But if we learned anything in Boston last year, I don't think you can have Kyrie Irving as the best player on your championship. Yeah, that was the loudest voice in the locker room. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Um, and the Nets are still a generally young team. Their best players are D'Angelo, Russell Spencer, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, um, Jared Allen. Those guys are all, what, 25, 26 or, or under. And, and Kyrie Irving is also, also he's young. It's not like he's a 30-year-old man. I think he's 26, if not mm-hmm. 25. But when you look at the locker room that the Celtics had last year, and they had Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, all these young guys who, who don't necessarily see things the same way Kyrie sees things, um, it it, it, it rubs me a little—I'm a little uneasy about the idea of bringing Kyrie Irving alone. But at the same time, when you have a player of his of his offensive talent and what he's able to do on the court, um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of unfair to D'Angelo Russell after you turn him into an all-star and then you say, hey, we're going to kick you out for a guy like Kyrie Irving. But at the same time, the Nets turned him into an all-star and put him in a position to where he could command maybe $20 million, $23 million on the open market. So— um, you know, when when you do, I, I I see what the Nets are trying to do. They built this this culture so that they could be in this position to attract max free agents. Um, and I do think that at the end of the day, they they are trying to get to. They obviously are trying to get to both Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving. Um, I think that they need two, not one, for this thing to work out. You know, and if you don't get Kevin Durant, it's almost like all right, well, who can we add to last year's roster? to make this team better. You know, what if we bring back D'Angelo and really address the position that we needed, which was getting someone at the four, you know, whether that's Kawhi Leonard or if, uh, if Paul Millsap opts out or if the, if the, the nuggets, you know, turn down Paul Millsap's team option, there's a lot of different guys you could plug in at that four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might be going on a Nets tangent on a, on a Lakers <laughs> podcast. But, uh, no, go for it. It's, no, it's, it's all, it's all intertwined. So whatever yeah. the, whatever the Nets decide is best for them. That's why, you know, Woj went so far as to say, yeah, the, the, the Lakers are rooting for the Nets to go <laughs> with Kyrie so that the Lakers can benefit in the way of landing uh, D'Angelo Russell. The other thing too, that's kind of wild here is 23 year old all-star point guards are almost never on the open market. Yeah, like even even the asterisk all stars, like that guys that guys that have this much talent and have lived up to this much of their potential, like those guys are almost never on on the market. It's kind of wild. I it, it's because of the names that are at the top of the free agency poll, the Kawhis, the KDs, even Kyrie, uh, Kemba, and so on and so forth. But the idea of the potential that you could be signing in, in acquiring D'Angelo Russell has to be interesting. How much further do you think, based on what you've seen, how much further can he take his game, do you think? Uh, that's a tricky question. Um, these are things that we talk about, not me and D'Angelo, but just guys <laughs> talking about D'Angelo Russell all the time. Yeah. You know, exactly is his ceiling. Um, and if, if you look at his game, he's not going to be a, a guy who's going to be able to get by defenders. Like I was talking about, he's not a, a uber athletic type of guy. He's not a lockdown defender. Um, he's a streaky shooter. I think that's something he could improve. He could become, he could become, become a, uh, a knockdown consistent, maybe 40% per, per season shooter. Yeah. Um, that would help him. That would open his game up tremendously. But, um, in terms of what we saw from D'Angelo Russell last season, I think that, 
in in a way, I can understand the Nets almost wanting to sell high on him, you know, and it's not like selling because they're not trading him. Um, but they 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 took him to where I guess maybe where they thought his game it, it was it was at what was at its peak. Um, I think we saw some moments last year from D'Angelo Russell, especially in the playoffs, that gave you some 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 head scratchers. You know, he uh, his game kind of took a, a turn for the I wouldn't say a turn for the worse, but he was nowhere near the the regular season player that he was in the playoffs. Yeah, the speed really seemed to get to him. Yeah, it was concerning. And then obviously, when you play in in, in a playoff series, teams have have chances to key in on you specifically, and they they spend time game planning for a specific team. Uh, this is obviously D'Angelo Russell's first go around in the playoffs. You know, I don't really like you know forming conclusions or jumping to conclusions based on a guy's first time in there. But um, when you see the the regular season he had, and then you see kind of how he, I, w- I wouldn't say he he shied away from the pressure, but it, it, there were there were a couple moments where I'd like to have seen him him be a little bit more assertive with himself with with. With his with his shot selection, and then other times where he, he took shots that that really didn't make too much sense, and and just in the scheme of the game flow, um, those are areas where he's and it's all maturity. You know, he's going to get older. He's going to be in more playoff scenarios. He's going to if he goes to the Lakers, he's going to have a guy like LeBron on his team. He's not going to be the best player on the team. He's not even going to be an, an All Star on that team. If you send him to LA, D'Angelo Russell's probably not making an All Star game, um, and he's not going to need to. He's going to have LeBron and Anthony Davis yeah. on his. Team. So, I mean, I think that it would be a good fit for him just because he's going to have two guys that can legitimately take the pressure off of him and uh, allow him to cook the way he cooks, um, especially in pressure time. Um, but I think after that, it's more so if you're building for a future with Anthony Davis, is D'Angelo Russell the guy who makes the most sense to pair with him for the long-term future uh, after LeBron? And uh, that's another question that, that I guess we'll figure out if it, if it even happens. Yeah, that's that's kind of the appeal to signing D'Angelo here is he's only 23 years old and right. uh, LeBron probably only has – well, he literally only has after next season uh, two more years on his contract and that's if he opts in for that final one. He probably only has uh, like two more years of, of being – prime LeBron James if if it if we haven't already started to see the decline with him right. tweaking his growing the way he did last year so yeah I mean it, for the Lakers one of the nice things about about Russell compared to say Jimmy Butler is that this does kind of bridge the gap between the current iteration of the Lakers the current era of the Lakers and then whatever comes after this current era of the Lakers it's it's a fascinating direction that the Lakers could take their team I want to uh, I want to take another quick second here and when we come back I want to talk a little bit more about the the fit that you were talking about here with with LeBron and with Anthony Davis and and whether Russell would be able to tweak his game without having the ball in his hands as much as he did last year I saw a stat somewhere that D'Angelo Russell ran pick and rolls more than all but maybe one or two players in the NBA last year. Oh um, yeah, and 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 it makes sense, right? Because like like you said, he isn't the athlete who can just get by guys in isolation. So you allow him to turn the corner. Back then, back in uh, Brooklyn, they had Jared Allen, who uh, was really good at rolling to the rim, and 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 that allowed Russell to get you know, a step here and there to be able to put his defender in jail and, and, and do that kind of thing. <laughs> he comes here to L.A. And, and the pick and roll opportunities between, you know, him running it with LeBron or him running it with, with Anthony Davis, that's fascinating in and of its own. 
but he's not going to get to do that as often as he was doing it last year because LeBron is going to have the ball so much. So, so Christian, my question to you is, do you think Russell would be able to tweak his game and, and adjust to not having the ball in his hands nearly as much as he did uh, last year when, when he had the best year of his career so far? You know, um, that's tricky. Um, Brooklyn's two best players last year, especially when Karis LeVert went down with that injury, uh, were Russell, obviously, and Spencer Dinwiddie. And in Brooklyn, we we really rarely saw, well, we would see lineups with D'Angelo and Spencer out there, but they were not good lineups, right? Yeah. It was it, it was one of the situations where we, we had the internal conversations of, hey, if Brooklyn can't play their best two players on the floor together, then what are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, D'Angelo Russell has said on multiple occasions that he enjoys playing off the ball. I think he said it once in L.A. when when you guys were running him and Jordan Clarkson together. Mm-hmm. And then he said it again uh, here when they were playing him and Spencer Dinwiddie together. Um, the reality is he's best suited as a player with the ball in his hands. Uh, it, it, it's, it just gives him the, the creativity to do what he does. You know, let's, let, I don't think I even touched on his passing ability. This guy can can yeah. pass that ball. He passes guys open. You know, that's that that goes without saying. Um, and and he's very good at, at creating shots, uh, specifically out on the perimeter. If he's going to do a crossover, a sidestep into a three, um, he, he's he has a knack for getting into the paint. Not even necessarily the paint, but he can he can create his way into that foul line extended jump shot. Um, but those are opportunities that aren't necessarily going to be available if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Do I think he can mold his game? into being able to play off the ball. I mean, yeah, we saw Kyrie Irving kind of have to do it. And it, I guess it all kind of boils down to, are you, are you willing to, to, to sacrifice what you know to win a championship? Um, I think D'Angelo Russell is a guy who wants to win, you know, and I think if it, for, for winning sake, he'll, he'll change his game. And then he's going to understand that eventually the, the LeBron era will pass. Right. And, and he'll be able to have the ball in his hands more often down the road. Um, I haven't seen anything that, that, tells me he's not capable of being able to change his game. Um, this is a guy who two seasons ago or whenever it was that he came in, he was a, a ISO pick and roll heavy point guard. And he still is that guy. But I watched him take strides in being able to move the ball, being able to, to, to come up the court, dribble, pass the ball, and then not make. I, see, I, I look at point guards in, in two separate categories. There's guys who move the ball and there's guys who pass the ball specifically because they want to get an assist, right? Yeah. So if you're dribbling the ball up the court and then you're, you're passing the ball specifically because you know this guy's going to shoot, okay, you, you maybe you're fishing for stats. I don't necessarily want to say you're fishing for stats, but there's other guys, there's point guards who average four assists a game who could be passing the ball a lot more, five assists a game, but they know that players touching the ball makes a whole world of difference. And I think D'Angelo, that started to click for D'Angelo Russell. You know, not every pass has to lead directly to an assist. This pass is going to hey, get this guy a touch, who's going to get this guy moving, who's ultimately going to just increase the flow, the overall flow of our yeah, offense. The hockey assist is hugely valuable. I wish it was a stat that the NBA took, kept yeah, track they of. Yeah, should. they should. They should. But, um, yeah, in, in short, I think uh, we watched Russell start developing into that type of player who does not necessarily need the ball in his hands at all times. But that's still inherently who I view him as, as a playmaker who is best suited as as the the 
offense initiator. And uh, I think in a way, maybe he can learn from 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 playing with LeBron. You know, I think he can learn how he can watch LeBron move and see how he, he initiates an offense. But it will definitely be interesting to see how those uh, those personalities match on the court. If this all happens, uh, by the way, Kyrie and KD could still go to New York. And if that happens, D'Angelo Russell's not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I that's really what it comes down to. And this is kind of to tie everything back together. This is where the questions about Russell's maturity and, and how much progress he's made, which he he has made progress. And one of the things, one of the a few things that he's talked about over the course of the year, and, and again, I, I catch, you know, the occasional quote here that I'll quote tweet on Twitter to, to the people who told me he was incapable of growing uh, personally. But but when he was when he was talking about, hey, I. I I realized that I had to focus more on on a routine pregame, and I had to uh, develop more consistency in in the men- mental aspects of the game, and 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 I had to figure out ways to be there more for my teammates. And when he's saying these things, they sound great. Um, that kind of maturity is going to be huge when you consider the type of change that would be taking place in this game by joining LeBron, by joining Anthony Davis. So, you know, I guess the the million dollar question, aside from whether or not he ever make he ever actually becomes available, is if he comes to the Lakers, do you think he's he's matured enough to handle? The pressure of being a Laker again, uh, the pressure of playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis on a team that's going to be contending for a title. Like, do you, do you th- how do you think he handles all of that? Well, I mean, um, I'm not sure what his his and this is gonna it's gonna sound like I'm going off on a complete tangent no, again, but I'm not sure what D'Angelo Russell's diet was like in Los Angeles. But yeah. one of the key changes he made entering this season was was changing what he ate. He started eating a lot more salads um, and just that approach to his game is like, hey, if I'm going to take my game to another level, I need to take my body to another level to be able to, to, to wrap your mind around that at such a young age and understand like usually players don't start changing their diets until they start getting up there in age because they start understanding that their bodies are, are reacting yep. to the food they eat differently. This is a 23 year old guy saying, Hey, no, I can't eat that burger. I'm going to have that salad right there. You know, so better than about, right, right, right. <laughs> when you talk about maturity, that that's, that's just a sign right there. You know, this is a guy who's, who's sacrificing the good foods in life just because he knows his body needs what it what it needs to be able to compete at a high level um so i don't i'm not sure if that that ties into if he'd be able to handle the pressure of of los angeles you know i could i can assure you that whatever's going on off the floor in los angeles is no different from what's going on off the floor in new york right it's it's the same type of environment maybe even a bit faster out here um, and, and to my knowledge, D'Angelo hasn't gotten into any trouble outside of that one thing at the airport, which, you know, whatever happened there. Happened <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't seen anything that from from him that would that would that would, I guess, sell me otherwise. And in, in thinking that he couldn't handle the pressure of returning there. Obviously, the the, the circumstances, uh, the circumstances under which he left were were very uh that was that was just a real iffy. It's, it's been a, a, quite a, a few interesting years for you guys out there, so <laughs> to say the least. I, w- I would probably say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the big thing is the guy who shipped him out is no longer there. Yeah, um, and, and the coach too. Trying, the, the the coaching yeah, staff the coach, is completely yeah. different. It's almost no more no players there. What was the was D'Angelo? No, D'Angelo wasn't there when Kuzma was there because they were no. traded for each other almost. So it's a completely new scenario there. Um, and I, I think he, he want, I think he, he probably enjoys that lifestyle too. I think he wants, he needs to be in a big city 
You know, I don't. I, I didn't think Phoenix was necessarily the right fit for him, just because when you look at a backcourt of, of Devin Book. I mean, and don't get me wrong, if, if they if Phoenix gets D'Angelo Russell, that'd be a good team, but that'd be a terrible defensive backcourt. Yeah. yeah, you put it with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and you've got two guys who know what they're going for, who who kind of been battle tested a little bit in the playoffs, who are on superstar level to hold D'Angelo accountable. I think that's what he needs at this point of his career. Um, I don't think he can be the best the best player on his team right now or or maybe not ever we'll see but i don't think he can be the best player on the team i think he needs to have have vets who are actually actively contributing to winning a championship on there so i think the lakers in a way might be the the perfect scenario for d'angelo yeah, right now because you don't want a team of all young guys you know if you if you send d'angelo russell to, to minnesota where he's with andrew wiggins and carl anthony towns i don't know how that goes yeah uh, if you send him to phoenix that sounds good on paper and it looks good on paper, but you, that team probably still isn't moving the needle enough to to make noise in the Western Conference. But if you add him to two MVP candidates who are going to force him to lift his game, take his game to another level, I think it works out. So I think um, I think it's a good fit. Um, I don't think he's a guy who's going to fold under pressure. I think he's a guy who sees himself as someone who can who can rise to the AK. Didn't he have an entire commercial about pressure, a Kumo Tire commercial about pressure? Why not? Or something like that. Um, maybe that's a New York commercial. Maybe you guys don't get that in L.A. But, um, yeah, I think I don't think he's got a hold on the pressure. I think he'll be just fine. I, I think so, too. It's a fascinating fit. I'm, it's something that, that increasingly, and I was already high on, on D'Angelo Russell, but, but at the more and more I think about it, and then this conversation has done nothing but to, to, to get me even more excited about the possibility. So I can't wait to be let down when uh <laughs> it's great. i can't wait for that uh chris i i greatly greatly appreciate you hopping on uh especially on on somewhat short notice as as uh, as i just talked to you yesterday but but catches stuff he was he's previously with sb nation sb nation nba but he's going to head over to the new york daily news um and and i can't wait to see what you do over there congratulations on the success man uh, you can find him at chris flashed on on twitter that thank you very much for hopping on Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Anytime.